Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. Go over to FightfulWrestling.com. We have a great news team. Uh, Joe Holbert covering Raw, major events, doing a lot of columns. We have Ryan Cook covering a lot of TV shows. Andrew Thompson and Jeremy Lambert bringing you the news. I'm all over the place doing a little bit of everything. But tonight, we are joined by one Alex Pawlowski. Alex, how you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, SmackDown is actually listening to the fans. It's what I, <laughs> what they should have said is like, okay, Raw's going to be the same, but SmackDown is going to be brand new. Awesome stuff. Listening to the fans. So just watch Tuesdays. Cool. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, fightful.com listens to the fans. And one of our, our, uh, points in doing so was Jimmy van before we doubled our subscriber base over like two months on Fightful Select, he said, hey, if we get to this goal, 100, I'll sing Stephanie McMahon's entrance theme. It is now up on Fightful Select. It'll air on Listen Your Boy Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, which leads us, we're, we're, we're dropping the Fightful mixtape this week, Alex. Big <laughs> things happening. And also, uh, big things happening at Select. This week alone, we have the NXT 205 Live UK Review. Programming note that will be a day late. Uh, Warren has some... some uh, prior obligations we have the weekender this weekend uh with steven jensen check that out also i've got two shows this week the q a show go there and subscribe ask me as many questions as you want uh i was trying to time that out to where i wouldn't get a bunch of questions about things that would already be answered by the time it releases but considering alex that every show this week is supposed to have a major announcement yeah it's going to be hard for me to do, but I also have the Fightful Report podcast, exclusive news, injury reports, uh, contract updates. Fightful Select is the most direct way to support us. Oh, by the way, I'm posting news up there all the time. Mentioned this afternoon that Asuka would be back on TV tonight, and I uh, before I posted it on Twitter, I had the Tommaso Ciampa injury update. But let's go ahead and get into it. And as things get announced on 205 Live or whatever it may be, Alex and I will cover that towards the end of the show, too. So this is this is going to be a packed show. We're going to have some speculation running rampant as well. But, man, there's just, there's just so much to get into. So let's go ahead and do it. SmackDown Live, February 19th. Kicked off with Shane McMahon coming out and awkwardly bringing up the call-ups are going to be on tonight. He's like, I know you liked Johnny Gargano's debut last night, Alex. And the crowd goes, yeah. And he goes, and Aleister Black and Ciampa and Ricochet. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, 
This is the thing that makes me think. I mean, last couple of nights has, has been this too. Like, I thought the whole storyline in NXT was: Will Johnny and Tomasa actually get back together? Are they friends now? Or is there just like, you know, do they respect each other because they're both champs? Tommaso's trying to get Johnny to cross over to the dark side. Will he or won't he? And on the main roster, it's like, they're friends. Boom, DIY. And it's like, d- does that transition to the NXT tapings that are coming up? Or or is it just two completely different alternate realities? Let's see. Well, we, we can tie all this in. And apparently Drake Maverick has just made the announcement. It will yeah. be a tournament to determine Buddy Murphy's challenger at WrestleMania. Which means a whole lot of people are getting left off WrestleMania. Unless they put these people in the Battle Royal, which I don't think they did last year, did they? No, no. I don't. I, they may have put one in there, too. I mean, come on. It's, it's like the third year you've had a Mania for 205 Live and you still haven't done the multi-man ladder match? It's right. It's staring you in the face. If there's one thing that I learned from that Fightful Books It show on Fightful Select, subscribe now. When we booked WrestleMania 35, of course, ahead of these call-ups, it's that, man, that ladder match, as things stand right now, probably it could apply to three or four different matches. U.S. title, maybe the Intercontinental title, probably the SmackDown live tag titles because there's so many teams. Uh, I think it, it just makes too much sense to do that, especially... You know, I, I often mention how 205 Live is a commercial for, or the, the Cruiserweight title match is a commercial for 205 Live. If you put a ladder match on the pre-show, you might get some people that are like watching on YouTube and going, oh, I got to order this. Mm-hmm. I got to check this out. So well, let's go ahead and tie this in. What do brands mean? What do call-ups mean? Because right now, EC3, Lacey Evans, Otis, Tucker, Nikki Cross, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Ricochet, and Aleister Black are all undefined. Also, Sasha Banks and Bayley also sort of undefined as they will defend their titles across everything. So we have like 10 people. This Usually I don't like to run with rampant speculation, but I had somebody say, well, could this lead to an NXT invasion? And I said, you know what? I could think of far worse ideas and the groundwork has been laid with Vince McMahon kind of going against Triple H and Stephanie in the Becky Lynch thing. Um, the, we, we, we might as well talk NXT stuff right now. Right now uh, the not? announcement. I yeah. think it, we can wrap it all up into one. What do you think is going on and what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? Again, not a report. This is speculation. Right. I, uh, there's a lot of things. Uh, that I think are possible. The the most obvious one, but it feels like it's really early to do it, is that when SmackDown moves to Fridays on Fox, uh, NXT will start broadcasting at some point on FS1 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like uh, giving giving Fox their their money's worth for that as well, uh, and 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 giving uh you know a, a a home on cable TV to NXT, which deserves it. Um, or FS1 be- seems a good home for them. Yeah, sure. Uh, or it could be a thing of, you know, we're the tour, we're the other touring brand. So like, you know, we're actually going to do a major, uh, you know, a basketball arena, like, you know, Raw and SmackDown does. We're going to do one of those a month and it's going to be live, you know, something like that. I mean, I don't know, but like starting to figure out how big NXT is. You mentioned an NXT invasion. The thing that like makes me salivate at the thought of that is there's so many people on the main roster now who are call-ups from the past two years or so. And where do their allegiances lie? Sean Ross Sapp. 
Are they are they actually really main roster guys, or do they really have more ties to NXT and the place that gave them all that love? And do they have more loyalties there? There's there's if they decided to go that way, there are limitless possibilities with the stories they could tell there, which makes me think, nah, they're gonna keep it play it safe and do something else. Well, that's quite frankly what we see a lot. And I hate to throw around the accusations, but a lot of times it's freaking lazy, man. Yeah. And maybe not because they want to be, but maybe because Vince scraps everything at the last minute. I mean, for the love of God, he didn't know until a couple hours before the show what was going to headline his pay-per-view the other day. Or he knew, but it it wasn't set in stone. So to me, I got to reiterate this because now I got people photoshopping tweets on Facebook. (laughs) I am not reporting anything. This is my speculation. Yeah. Any website that aggregates this are dumbasses. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Pardon my French. What I would see as a best case scenario for all involved, and I mean all involved, if uh, SmackDown goes to Friday in October, you already have MLW moving to Saturday. That's already done. They're, yep. they're out of that way. You've got WOW and New Japan on Friday. Who knows if they'll want to hang around there or maybe they'll push that to where SmackDown ends and then their block starts. But... If NXT ended up on Tuesday, that would make way for AEW on Wednesdays because a lot of people say, well, if they're negotiating with Turner, Turner's not going to give up NBA. Well, Mm -hmm. they can on Wednesdays. I believe Tuesday, Thursday are their NBA nights, right? that's true. Because they 100% will not give up the NBA. No, no. no, Although, I would love Charles Barkley and Shaq (laughs) breaking down all elite wrestling. I am here for that. And... uh, (laughs) Uh, uh, who he play for? Yeah, for wrestlers. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> I want that. Shaq and a fool is just like the new Botchamania. <laughs> yes, uh, that would be really, really good. Yeah. Uh, but I think that would be pretty wild. I mean, it wouldn't be good for me because if NX- if something happens and NXT ends up going live, obviously that's a show that we will be covering, right? Uh, with a live post show, live changes a lot. Live changes the amount of people that actually tune into it live, and it's not even close when when we're doing it. Like at the the former site that I worked for, there was never even a request to to do a SmackDown post show podcast. Right. Yeah. They didn't even start going live until recently. Uh, yeah. Not throwing shade, just saying that's that's the difference in how live and taped and that stigma can go. But man, there there's a lot of things on the table, and I'll tell you this. The NXT people I talk to don't know what it is right now. Mm. Well, I mean, it's good that they're actually, you know, keeping it close to the vest, which which makes me think it's, you know, something uh, pretty large. You don't want to, like, you know, do this whole, what could it possibly be for 24 hours plus and have it come out and be like, womp, womp. You know, it's got to be something big. Um, but you're right. I mean, if, if this actually turns out to be the third brand and we can have, as we've requested, people to, to move back and forth, especially since you're talking about having the women's tag titles defended across all three brands. You know, there's, there's the possibility for that right there, but there are certain people who've been called up for whom it just didn't work on the main roster for whatever reason. If the main roster now also includes basically NXT, but it's a whole different vibe down there. There's a whole different way that you could actually have people just shunt back and forth and not, not worry about it. Like I mean, it, it, I, it has to be what NXT is and not what ECW became. 
Right. No, 1,000%. You can't. No, it's got to be NXT. NXT as NXT needs to say what it is, even if they move it to, to some other you know time slot or, or place to watch it. I mean, it's, it's wild. I mean, obviously, they have the talent. I Alex, I, I do a thing on Fightful Select. I know it seems like I've done a lot of plugs, but I do a, a thing after every pay-per-view, and it's called The Leftovers, and I book a show based on who wasn't on the show. Mm-hmm. Elimination Chamber, no Andrade, no Rey Mysterio, no EC3, no Revival, no Kurt Angle, no Dean Ambrose, United States Champion R-Truth. Oscar no, wasn't on it. No Rusev. No <laughs> No Rusev. No Nakamura. Good Brothers. The Bar. Sanity. None of those people were on the show. Nope. You can make a decent card out of what's there. Oh, plus, by the way, that doesn't factor in the four NXT guys that just got brought up. That doesn't include who has been sidelined with an injury. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're out of commission. You've got guys that are sitting on the sidelines right now. Roman Reigns is not an active roster member right now. Nope. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, they're not factored into that yet. We're talking about all these people that were left off that Elimination Chamber show, and I'm not bitching about it. I'm yeah. just saying that that show was fine the other night. I, I really liked Elimination Chamber. I had a blast covering it. It didn't feel like too long. It didn't. Nope. It didn't uh, feel like like it just dragged on and just took forever. But you're you're talking about. Four new names coming up. What happens when Roman Reigns comes back? How about Sami Zayn? How about Kevin Owens? That's, uh, Bray Wyatt is still out there. Ember Moon is, is out with an injury. Triple H has got to get shoehorned in somewhere at some <laughs> points. Mustafa Ali, by the way, came in with a big push. He's out. you got a lot of stuff going on right now. So yeah, there's, we'll there, there is, there is uh, an embarrassment of riches. Uh, of of all these people, I was saying like that if if these top four guys from NXT are truly being brought up to the main roster to stay, can we send EC three back? Like like, <laughs> do we keep the receipt so we can return him to the store? Because that place where we brought him from, they allow him to talk, and there's kind of a void at the top. Now you you can say that can get filled by any number of people. Riddle, Keith Lee, uh, Kushida's going to be there soon. All the people can't can fill the void, but EC3 is a, a, a name that everyone knows at NXT and was just starting to get some momentum. And they were like, oh, we're bringing you up. By the way, you don't get a talk and we're not going to use you ever. But, oh, by the way, also, you're going to have a 50-50 booking with Dean Ambrose, who is then, after he pins you the next week, going to get squashed by Drew McIntyre. And then we're not going to see you on that episode. Like, if you're going to bring these guys up, you cannot do to Ricochet and Aleister Black what you have done to EC3. It's not allowed. Yeah. I'm not going to stand for it. By the way, guys, if you all want a full update of that injury list, I do cover it on the Fightful Report podcast. But under our resources section, I do keep uh, an updated list. Myself, Jeremy, and Andrew update it daily. We keep contract updates, rumor updates. Uh, a lot of those contract and injury articles that you see elsewhere, they just – uh, pick off our list. And like I said, we update that daily. So click that resources section, check it out. So I guess we can actually talk about SmackDown now. <laughs> Shane McMahon comes out, he brings up those call-ups. The Miz comes out and he cuts a really good promo. Says that Shane McMahon, uh, that he used Shane McMahon. And then Shane McMahon brought out his dad. There, there was a lot of uh, real genuine emotion here, or at least it seemed so. Maybe it wasn't genuine emotion, but 
Damn it, Miz made me believe. He sold me a ticket on it, Alex. Yeah. So uh, I thought he did really great here. And he says, I know there's no rematch clause anymore, but if anybody can make it happen, you can make it happen. And asks uh, Shane McMahon to, to do that. The Usos come out and cut a really good promo. Got the crowd behind them. And then on the other side of them, like mm-hmm. the snap of their fingers, they really commanded that crowd, Alex. Yeah, no, this was this was great. The Usos are great. Uh, I like how they... They walk that wire between uh, face and heel. It all depends on who they're facing and what they're saying in their promo. Uh, I I thought it was a little unnecessarily harsh on The Miz. He's not a joke anymore, guys. We've kind of proven that over the course of this past couple of years. Uh, And to use that whole thing on him that he's this joke and a loser, I understand they're just, you know, they're they're trash-talking him. But it it, it kind of – after this guy comes out and he says – you know, my dad told me he loved me for the first time. By the way, I need I need to go back and watch all episodes of Ms. and Mrs. to see if his dad ever tells him he loves him, like, on did, video. Did you ever see, like, where his dad's at a party <laughs> and legitimately, like, his dad's talking to Ms.'s friends about wrestling, and he goes, yeah, The Rock's my favorite, always has been, always will be. <laughs> and Miz is standing right there, and he's like, oh, okay. And you can tell yeah. that's something that was just kind of picked up in the midst yeah. of a party. That wasn't yeah. like a, a USA Network Love hey, it. say that. It was, yeah. Although I, I am ready for the return of Marjo Mania yeah. on Miz and Mrs. Let's see I, I am all about it. Uh, Usos were really great here. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get some insight from Anna Bauer during this bot podcast. And she said that she was particularly uh, happy about you do not respect my partner like that, you dig? <laughs> By a 50-year-old Shane McMahon. He confirms the rematch will happen at Fast Lane. Uh, which is on. which is in Mrs. Hometown of Cleveland. Yes. Which, and which I love that they and they're gonna have his Mrs. Dad is gonna be at ringside. All sorts of wonderful storytelling possibilities there. We'll see. Uh I think the smart money is still on Ms. versus McMahon. Miz versus Shane at Mania. Yeah. So we'll see how they get there from this. Um, but if not, I'm fine with these guys being wholesome for a while. Yeah, later on, Miz sees Shane McMahon backstage and confirms that his dad will be there. We had Alistair Black against Andrade, which uh, prompted Anna to tell me, I do love that Alistair Black gets a debut on SmackDown with his wife at ringside, even if she is yelling profanities at him in Spanish. <laughs> Which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, good work as expected between these two. Yeah. Uh, Almas is the right person to be taking this offense from from uh, Alistair Black. Yeah, this is this is a, a weird uh, scene of the crime thing kind of a deal. Like these guys back in the same arena where they fought each other at the Mania Takeover last year. That's that's awesome. There's a lot of callbacks like that on this show. Yeah, including uh, one we'll get to later. Black gets dumped over the top rope. Hits a really great Meteora. Andrade does the double knees in the corner himself. Black Mass lands, but it was not one of his best. His technique wasn't there, and usually he's very, very good at it. And it kind of lands on Andrade's chest. He wins. Uh, it was a solid match, but not really enough to be memorable. The spots were fine, but uh, not not a lot to this. But yeah. I would love to see them get the opportunity to go 15-20. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, uh, these guys uh, worked really great when they were in NXT together. Uh, this was not their best work. Um, uh, and while it was cool to see like a rematch, you know, in the same building, um, considering what we got later, maybe maybe a first time ever 
uh, thing between Ricochet and Andrade might have been a, a, a different way to go, you know, like to, to use that in this different way because those two guys never got a chance to really cross paths. Uh, Ricochet was just starting as Andrade was leaving. And I always, I always love the, the, the overlap of NXT where we did, where one guy wasn't high enough uh, on, on the totem pole to face the outgoing champ. But now he's been champ, and now they're both on the main roster. I always like seeing when that happens. So uh, maybe we'll get to see some Ricochet versus Andrade somewhere down the line. Somebody in the live chat here on YouTube, youtube.com slash Fightful, says, Sean, what are you watching? I am watching a late-night Kentucky basketball game, Go Big Blue. And uh, let me tell you guys, if you want to be ready late-night, Big Blue can help you out too. <laughs> Our friends at Blue Chew We'll get you going. Full court press. I think so. Drive the lane. Oh, yeah. Slam it home. I, I think so. I think so. It's as easy as, as a free throw with BlueChew.com. Brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but they're better. They're cheaper. They're faster. You know what? If you don't get paid... To play, not that there's anything wrong with that, not here to judge. You can still afford this. And people, by by the time you're done playing, they'll be like, damn, you probably should get paid for this. But Fightful and Blue Chew are bringing it right to you. It's prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, no more awkwardness. You can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. They're made in the USA and since Blue Chew ships and prepares direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Use that code FIGHTFUL. Let them know that you heard about them from us at Get Blue Chew. And you can get it for free. Just use that code FIGHTFUL. Shattering backboards all night long, Alex. <laughs> I'll have to take your word for it, I guess. It's a shame. Yeah. DIY are watching this match backstage. Then they uh, are approached by the bar. They cut like a little goofy promo, kind of. I thought it was an okay promo. Yeah, no, but- it's, it's fine. When you have like these really established guys on the main roster interacting and trash talking with the new guys coming up from NXT. And the thing about this is really interesting is that these NXT guys are bring, being brought up are being treated as equals to just below the top guys on the main roster that 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 says something because usually it's like you got to earn your stripes kid we're gonna have you debut in a squash match versus some jobber and then we won't see you for six months i like what what this is signifying yeah yeah man uh well diy and the bar faced off this is really hard hitting fortunately the bar are more than capable of keeping up with these guys in the ring there was a particularly funny spot where Ciampa jumps out onto Cesaro and they take out a cameraman. And uh, uh, Cesaro was able to save it with a backbreaker. Do you remember the little bump that was taken by the cameraman at the Royal Rumble? I do. I'm told he got a concussion. Yikes. Yeah, or he, he tripped over the the like the, the little stuff is hanging out on the sides yeah. of the ramp. If he if he knocked his head on another one of those as he was falling back, absolutely he'd get one of those. This is among the greatest era ever of cameraman wipeouts yeah. <laughs> that I've seen. Shout out to Joseph Farley for the uh, super chat. Much appreciated the donation. 
Not a funny spot was Sheamus landing on Ciampa's knee on a sunset flip powerbomb. Immediately, the ref uh, throws up the X for Ciampa, I'm told. Terrible news. Uh, also, because Sheamus has stenosis, and he's yeah. landing like that. That's not good. I'm told that uh, backstage, Ciampa said he was okay. Sheamus said he was okay. Now, I'm not saying 100% Ciampa is okay. I'm saying that he said he was okay. And initial... Initial reactions are that he's okay. You got to remember this is the same guy. Yep. The same Tommaso Ciampa who I was at the live event in Highland Heights, tore up his knee. Two nights later, he worked a full main event. Was out nine months, Alex. Yeah. When I saw the footage of that, when I saw him hit lay that wrong, I was like, no. Not Not in an exhibition. I mean, if it really is an exhibition match and these guys are planned to be called up like after mania, but for now they're still working in NXT and he's the damn champion. Like what a terrible break it would be for him also, you know, for Sheamus, but for Ciampa, I mean, that's just ridiculous because it's the other knee too. Like that's horrible news. If that's the case. And I thought to myself when he got up and was still part of the match after that, like he saved Gargano and everything. I thought to myself, Oh, like, he got the pin. I thought, oh, he's fine. And then I remembered, oh, no, wait. This is this is Tommaso Ciampa who will wrestle through, like, his arm hanging off. Oh, yeah, sure. Skin, you know what I mean? I mean, he's the guy. The first time I ever talked to Tommaso Ciampa, we were kind of going back and forth. He wasn't happy about a story that I had aggregated about a reported knee injury that he, I think it was a knee injury, that he had sustained at, before he got signed. Yeah, And he felt that that report was malicious because he was obviously trying to get signed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I had a conversation with him about that, and it kind of changed my approach on reporting injuries. Not so much clearances as it changed my approach on reporting injuries and how that could affect people's livelihoods and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, this is, to me, from the outside looking in, a very similar situation where he's being called up may have had something happen, and why would he want to let anybody know? That, no, I'm sure that's a giant pay bump. It's a giant uh, career change for him. It's yeah. it, it's a lot. Yeah. But, no, I, I, I wish him and Seamus the best and hope that they're, that they're okay. Yeah. Um, glad, glad to hear that as well, but they didn't slow down at all. No. This did not affect them at all. You got, I, I want to say three pros, Ciampa obviously, but Ciampa hopped right back in. But Sheamus, Cesaro, Gargano, they did not miss a beat, Alex. Not a beat. It was, listen, I mean, uh, Gargano and Ciampa uh, have, have been around the block many, 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 many hundreds of times. They they know what it is. Uh, they're, they're, they're ready. The thing is that, I mean, I, I always felt like those were two guys that, that Vince just never would have touched. You know, they're they're little, but they're not like cruiserweight little. They're like guys who wrestle, and they'll wrestle anybody. 
but they don't they're not like they're not luchadors so to him if you're not jumping and doing flips but you're tiny what good are you like i've always felt like that's been his his point of view so i i I would not have been surprised to see them stay on nxt for a very long time but the fact that they're being brought up right now you can tell these guys are absolute technical wizards they know exactly what they're doing they know how to wrestle a match and they proved it against these two guys, against a former world champion, and a former probably should have been world champion. So Gargano just, just goes crazy. The bar get this awesome backbreaker knee drop after a Gargano escape, and you see Ciampa fly in, and you think, yep. thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank, thank God he's okay. But, well, and that, that's the thing. When I saw that, I said, oh, God. <laughs> I thought, yeah. man, he's batshit crazy. He really yeah. doesn't yeah. care. No, he doesn't. But then he flipped in and did the pin, and I was like, all right, that's a very good sign. That's a very good sign, yeah. We uh, have a super chat question. By the way, I'll start doing that, guys. We'll answer questions uh, if you submit a super chat or donation. Uh, do you see DIY versus the Usos at Mania for the titles? Man, I could <laughs> I could I go could, for one of that. I could go for that, too. I could go for a lot of different things. It all depends on what they're doing. Um, you know, what they're doing. You know, uh, obviously um, – Johnny is scheduled to defend his North American Championship tomorrow. Um, somebody made a very f- clever joke on Twitter that right now Morrow and Nigel and uh, uh, Percy are um, a- in a studio somewhere doing voiceover saying, oh, these guys appeared on Raw and SmackDown this week so they could actually add it in to the yeah. thing that was taped a month ago. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how they, how they address this new speculation of these guys leaving on the show that they're actually currently still on. Yeah, uh, here's here's the hoping that Champa and Sheamus both truly are okay. Um, definitely hope so. Asuka is out next. We reported that she would be on the show on FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe now. She's ready for her next challenge and is greeted by Amanda, Mandy Rose and Sonya. Based on the direction that we saw tonight, and I'm not talking about Mandy Rose, I'm talking about the other stuff. Man, that that's rough. That's weird. Lacey Evans comes out and distracts Asuka, Alex. Uh-huh. Now, there there are rumors and rumblings that there was a push for Lacey Evans to get a spot at Fastlane or WrestleMania facing Asuka. Unless it's a squash match, that don't need to happen. No, no. I've, I've, I've said since she's been called up, I think she'll be a great hand uh, doing good character work, and uh, she never needs to get a title shot. And like, unless she unless she dramatically improves, and we've seen that happen with people like Carmella, who came up, and you would think, why is she being brought to main roster? And she's been a former champion, and deservedly so by by this point. Sure, so we'll see where she goes. But when she got brought up, I was like, you, you got to keep her as far away from the top of women's division as possible, while also making the women that, that beat her look great. In the Fightful Books It podcast, I posted the card that myself and Jason set up, and I'm like, if you don't have anybody. I would legitimately have Asuka come out and say, how about everybody? And then mm-hmm. she defends it in the Battle Royal and wins yeah, and retains the title. Um, Lacey Evans, if there's a push for anything, there should be a push for her to work Asuka and or Sonya Deville on the live event scene. Sure. Because if you all have ever heard my criticisms of Lacey Evans, a lot of her problems were instinctual that I saw in the ring, not going for pins or submissions when they're right there. And that's something she could learn from both of them. She distracts Asuka, who gets like super upset that Mandy Rose would dare capitalize on mm-hmm. such a thing. It was so weird how that was perpetrated on 
on commentary, but Asuka lit up Mandy with some strikes after some real good offense from Mandy. The com- the, the comparisons between Eva Marie and Mandy Rose, that shit's got to stop. Yeah. This is not the same. Mandy Rose is just fine, bordering on good. Her offense looks real nice. That bicycle knee is awesome. I love the mm-hmm. gut wrench slam. Uh, however, you had mentioned on com- on uh, Twitter that the eye injury that Mandy Rose had, she mm-hmm. got she got hit with a pop-up knee, sold that eye incredibly, and you said, well, that is on key with Asuka's character to be so stupid in the ring that she gets beaten because she fell for Ellsworth. That's right. I mean, if they integrate that in a storyline, I am far more okay with that than... Yeah. I mean, but the, I don't think they're doing that. This is the thing, is the problem is that you have Asuka, who hasn't been on TV, correct me if I'm wrong, she, live on SmackDown, has not been there since she pinned, she tapped out Becky Lynch, who is the hottest thing on in wrestling. Asuka's been gone since then. She comes back on, and she she loses because she gets distracted by somebody faking an eye injury and walks into uh you know being thrown into the into the middle rope and then rolled up like that those two things don't don't make sense to me together like this woman is that she's she's better than the best thing you have in the company she proved it the last time she wrestled and now she's like whoopsie daisy i lost i don't there's got to be some middle ground in between those two things uh, I, because as you said that's not mandy cheating Manny didn't didn't poke or didn't put a thumb in Oscar's eye to win. She didn't throw, you know, she didn't do anything. She didn't cheat. She was smart and Oscar was stupid. And I don't need Oscar, who's who's got several years, several decades in this business over Mandy Rose, to be stupid enough to be tricked by Mandy Rose into losing. Like there's gotta be some other way you can figure out how to do this, I think. Yeah. And maybe maybe that's something that can be brought up, like, oh, your undefeated streak was a bench against a bunch of rookies, yada yada. They they didn't capitalize on stuff like this. If they want Oscar to get cheered, I don't know that making her a moron is the way to do it. Yeah, there's there's, uh, there's just there's there's so many things you could do, especially if you have my my thought was this is a great way for Oscar over the next month to prove. There is nobody on SmackDown who is ready for Asuka. Have her beat everybody. One a week. Have, have her get pushed by the likes of Naomi and Sonya and Carmella if you want. But she beats them all to prove there's nobody who can, who can face her. And then you have, in a, in a one-off, have Kyrie Sane come out and say, I know you. Let's have a match. And do an amazing exhibition for those two during the first hour of Mania. Like, just... I don't think nobody knows who Kyrie Sane is. Nobody. The NXT people do. They they made her. The NXT fans. Made there's there's going to be seventy thousand people at WrestleMania, and like not a. That's not. If we learned anything from yesterday, well, it's that that doesn't always work out. The crowd tonight is the the uh, a New Orleans crowd who knows they've reacted differently to these to these guys. I, I'm saying they were on Raw last night too, right? on Raw, but I'm saying in Lafayette where they don't watch uh, NXT. In New Orleans, a lot of the people people who are watching tonight, who are in the arena tonight, were probably at NXT TakeOver uh, in, in New Orleans. Like, there's that, there is that crossover. I, I just think 
There's more imaginative things you could do than whoopsie daisy, you tricked me and I lost because I'm not a very smart person. You know, of course, there's a lot of stuff. I, I just don't think hot shotting an NXT name right up. And I mean, it seems like they're ready to go with the Kyrie EO as a tag team thing. And there's really no reason to mention it. It, it could be anybody. It just yeah. doesn't, doesn't need to be. What I'm saying is what they're doing right now. That's not it. Do something else. Yeah, for sure. Ricochet defeated Eric Young with Sanity. Here's a nice stat. This was Eric Young's first singles match in WWE since July. He had actually won both of his singles matches on SmackDown. His last main roster televised singles loss was to Sean O'Hare in 2003 in November when he worked an enhancement match. Uh, But he's still around. This is not a showcase for Ricochet, as you'd imagine. He sells through most of that, most of this, before making a comeback and going through his spots. He gets a standing star press, does a Fosbury flop onto Sanity, and gets a win with a 630. This was surprisingly paint by numbers for me. I think what you shouldn't do is have Ricochet do the same things every match because it makes it less impressive for him and way less impressive for everybody else who can't do that. Yeah, that's that's you got to figure out how to make this work. I mean, if last night and tonight were exhibitions and getting us a taste of who these guys are, either to advertise that hey, these guys are going to be on fs1 in the fall uh so watch or um we're, we're gonna bring them up uh after mania so we will get you a taste of what they are so now you know who they are when they come up if that's what it is you can do again something better than this i mean you're always really good at this when was the last time sanity was on tv been a long ass time i think the, the last match that eric young had on tv was the survivor series kickoff show yeah i know that yeah yeah, that's that's a long ass time. That's four and as we months. found out, that doesn't count. So let's go right. back to like September. Right. So was it June? Mm-hmm. Like, when's the last time on SmackDown these guys wrestled? The idea that they were like, "Ooh, Ricochet fighting Eric Young, the leader of Sanity," and you could be forgiven if you had been wrestling, if you've been watching SmackDown for six months of going, "Who?" I haven't missed an episode of SmackDown in six months. Who? Like, you got to figure, I mean, I love Sanity. They should be on TV, but they're not. So you can't sell me Ricochet by having him beat a guy that is never on TV. There's got to be a different way of doing it. When when I, I look and see all that, and we, we complain about the creative a lot because it's not consistent. Right. Monday Night Raw, just bold, italics, underscore, and then highlighted <laughs> all of it. Yeah. Like, what we did last night didn't really matter that much throughout a lot of this card. Then there are situations like how they have pivoted. And we were talking off the air, like, Mustafa Ali was meant for a showcase and was meant for a nice run in the Elimination Chamber. He was not meant for what has happened over the last eight days. But WWE has pivoted accordingly. And this is what you and I have talked about. I mentioned sometimes the almost the 1984 to 1988 method of booking where you you almost book to appease the crowd a little bit. Like we've said, money's in the bank. It's on the way. Check's done. Yeah. So wh- why not do the thing? And I'm not talking like give babyface victories nonstop, but do things that are creatively satisfying. See it out. But if, if it doesn't work out, pivot and change. I mean, my God, they recognize the Becky Lynch thing and have beautifully crafted 
a Becky Lynch scenario where, you know, not without his flaws as, as any storyline will be, but that they have her ready for a main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. They yeah, did and, that. And uh, honestly, I, I do not know what happens if Becky makes it out of that ring on, during the Raw invasion unscathed. Yeah. Does, does, that, does that weekend, does she tap out clean to Ronda Rousey? That's, that's certainly possible. They had you know to have I mean? some happy accidents along the way to even get it right. Like they could, they could have just nerfed Becky's momentum at that moment, and then who, who knows what would have happened after that? Now she may have ended the match basically the way Charlotte did by by wailing on Ronda with a chair with a, with a with a with a with a cane, and then we would have gotten something out of it. We don't know, but certainly you know they've lucked into whatever it is here, and again they may have lucked into this amazing run that they have possible here with Kofi Kingston. But I mean, look at how many times this it's like almost Vince McMahon's own stubbornness gets in his way. He changed the winner of last year's WrestleMania yeah. because what he was pushing forth didn't work. Uh, you had supposedly an Undertaker retirement match a year before that. It didn't end up being so. You had uh, he was supposed to lead towards what Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins gets hurt. They pivoted to Triple H. That's okay. But then you had two WrestleManias in a row where Daniel Bryan got forced into the main event. And there are still some people that believe that that was a beautifully crafted storyline. Mm-hmm. It was not. If you ever yeah. read his book, he's pretty clear about that. And the Seth Rollins thing with with Lesnar and Reigns too. This one's one that required some help along the way, but there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing. I mean, there. I mean, hey, I'll put it like this. I was in a bind at one point on this podcast when Rob McCarron left. I said, hey, Alex, you want to fill in one week? You were yeah. awesome. You're here two, two and a half, three years later. Sometimes happy accidents end up working. But man, when when that is the, the recurring theme for some of your most memorable storylines over the last several years, it's wild, man. Yeah. Charlotte cuts a front promo about Becky Lynch taking her spot. Not a lot here. Uh, backstage, Kofi offers AJ and Jeff Hardy a pancake branch. I'm ready for the pancakes to go, Alex. I am too, but I thought this use of them was very clever. Some people offer an olive branch. Here's a pancake branch. I was like, okay, fine. You get one. <laughs> That's your one. Now get out. Um, but, okay, this is fine. It's interesting. I I, I question the, the method of... Uh, Determine using this six man tag to determine the the opponent for Brian at Fastlane. Like, what if Brian gets the pin? Does he does he not defend the match? Does he not defend the title of the Fastlane? It's a very odd way of like basically. Well, we'll find out tonight after the six man tag. Uh, okay, <laughs> seems kind of odd. I do think at some point over the next couple of weeks, like Daniel Bryan maybe dismisses Kofi a little bit over the pancake thing and. Mm-hmm. Kofi gets real serious with him. Yeah. And shows how much this means. I loved New Day's interview backstage. They they were funny and entertaining and serious all at the same time. It's this is peak New Day. This was really good stuff. Xavier Wood says this was not a week in the making. This was 11 years in the making. Mm-hmm. And you, you I still see naysayers that are like, eh, he's been a mid-card jobber for the 10 years." Like my God, guys! Stone Cold Steve Austin was a mid card jobber, yeah, a mid card guy for his entire career yes. until he wasn't anymore. Now I'm not saying Kofi Kingston is Stone Cold Steve Austin, 
but it happens with a lot of people. He he, he proves in in this in this this is past week that you give him the ball, let him run with it, and honestly, I feel like you could do that with seventy percent of the guys you got on the roster. If you said, okay, tonight we're gonna give you the opportunity to make yourself look like a million bucks, are you gonna do it? And they would. They'd be able to, because guess what? They're professionals. A lot of it is just like what they're being what they're being allowed to do. They allowed Kofi Tink Kingston to make himself a star over the past seven days, and he did. There was some Justin Smollett shade thrown here. I thought yes. that was oh boy, that line yeah. was that's as no pun intended, as big of a burn as you can yeah. really throw on. Big E says. Kofi's been around here longer than Empire's been on the air, and they've done some crazy things to keep that interesting. I was yeah, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well played. Well played. Yeah. yeah. Daniel Bryan cut an awesome promo and then said that nobody in the ring will take him on at Fastlane because he beat them all at Elimination Chamber, which did kind of enhance the surprise for me at the end of this because I was like, oh, so it's going to be somebody else. He's not requesting. He's telling us is what yeah. I thought. That's what I thought, too. And I, 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 I thought they were going to do a Daniel Bryan one-off opponent at Fastlane, and then Kofi was going to figure out a way to earn the match at Mania. Because now we'll talk about this. Now that we're going to get, you know, uh, hashtag Kofi Fastlane. I don't know if hashtag Kofi Mania is a thing that can also happen. We'll see. Uh, six man tag was pretty good. Brian wanted no parts of Kofi Kingston. Great story told in that. Good, I loved good. that. Loved it. Kofi ends up eating two sing bombs, one before and one after the commercial. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton's like, You beat me, but I'm getting some back here. Yeah. Tom Phillips brought up the irony of Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan working together in New Orleans. Great touch from Tom Phillips. Good. Listen. Continuity, especially when you can go like, hey, there's a callback here from like five years ago. And everyone, I mean, basically everyone at least knows that reference. And that's that's great. You know, let, let make us think that you guys are as much of a historian as we, uh, we bunch of dorks are, you know? So Styles and Brian get the big tag. Styles runs wild, gets an Ushi Garoshi and applies the calf crusher. We didn't see a hearty twist of fate on Joe. <laughs> Orton doesn't hit an RKO. He just slides Jeff Hardy out of the ring, and Jeff yeah. Hardy bumps on that, which was great. While all this goes on, Styles gets put in the LaBelle lock but gets to the ropes. A Pele kick hits on Brian, leads to Kofi getting the tag. Kofi runs at Brian but gets back body dropped over the top rope onto the pile. Tope con Hilo, great yeah. spot, as is the trust fall on Rowan and Brian. Trouble in Paradise gets the win. You saw this, and you go. You, you in my mind, I was like, "Oh, Kofi's getting a shot sometime soon." Yeah, this was this match was about Kofi, mm-hmm. and that's good. That's that's the right thing to do after the last two episode or last two shows that we've seen. Yeah. Now the other thing is that they, if their plans had been to have somebody else be the person who gets the match at at Fast Lane, and we'll see if Kofi gets the the match at Mania. There's no way you can have Shane McMahon come out at the end and go, all right, pretty great job, everybody. Everyone's, Kofi, Kofi, Kofi. And Daniel Bryan, your opponent at Fastlane is going to be Rey Mysterio. Like, that never, <laughs> never would have worked. Like, there's no way they could have possibly done it. 
they had to do it this way if they were if we're gonna have Shane announce it live in front of everybody chanting Kofi. Although it kind of would have been funny for Shane to announce a heel and then New Jay just beat the absolute <laughs> shit out of him. And then Shane goes, Well, I guess it's Kofi. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, I rather enjoyed this episode of SmackDown. It was a little bit different. Not a lot of story progression to some degree because, you know, we got three teams that we don't know what they're doing. We don't know what what they're on, what's going on. So there we go. Man, lots of of stuff going on in WWE right now. Announcements galore. We had the announcement of the title match. We had the announcement of the 205 Live Tournament now. Some big announcement tomorrow on NXT, which, hey, has me ready to sit in front of my TV set. Yeah. Usually I catch it after the fact, but mm-hmm. I'm going to watch NXT as it, as it airs this week. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. They're taping new episodes of NXT tomorrow while the episode of NXT is airing. Like there's So there's a lot of things. Like whatever announcement they make tomorrow on the, sh- on the show, which is pre-taped, could directly be affecting what they're taping for the next series of episodes at that same moment. There's a lot of cool things that are being, um, that are available for them to do with their, you know, third touring brand. We will, of course, have a news video on that, news articles. Uh, Make sure you guys go and follow Andrew and Jeremy on Twitter as well. They do a lot of great work with that. I believe this week is also the week for the Division Women's Wrestling Podcast with Kristen Ashley. She does some great work over at Diva Dirt. Make sure you guys give her a follow as well. Alex, what do you got going on this week? Well, um, we uh, um, my my daughter uh, had a 102.1 fever today. We'll see if that's any better tomorrow. Uh, also, we're due to get uh, about a foot of snow here in the next few days. So um, I might be able to watch them NXT in between all that. I'm going to definitely take it, and I'm going to watch Fighting With My Family this week. It's been getting good reviews. Uh, I shouldn't put it over too much. They're not paying us, but (laughs) Jeremy Lambert did do do a review of that recently. And, of course, I had the Fightful Report podcast, the Q&A podcast. Guys, we will start doing that on uh, Tuesdays especially. If you guys want to donate to the Super Chat and send us a question, we will be happy to answer. But, hey, you can ask all the questions you want. Uh, bi-weekly over at FightfulSelect.com. I'm going to open that Q&A field up right now. Uh, my match ratings are already up there for Tier 2 subscribers. The newest Russo Reveals is up, where I blatantly ripped off WWE photo shoot, just showed him some photos and had him react on it. Uh, if you have preconceived notions about, about uh, his stuff, I encourage you to check out the work that I did with him because uh, we, we did some really, really good stuff in that filming especially. Leave us a thumbs up and subscribe. We are on podcast platforms everywhere. Thank you guys so much. We're out.